social injustices going on against you know black people in America and and dealing with that and seeing it on TV every day and it, it's heavy but I'm glad it's conversations that need to happen and I'm glad that it's being addressed and I hope that you know our generation and and generations moving forward can start to move the needle and and uh, you know the systemic racism that's plagued our country for you know generations now we can start to move move forward. From Front Office Sports, it's Office Hours, a show where we take you inside the minds of some of the most influential names in the sports industry to break down where things have been and where they are going. Before we get to today's episode, here's a quick word from our sponsor, Bitrix. New crypto traders have a wide range of options when it comes to selecting tokens, and the same is true for the trading platform they choose to operate on. There are many factors to consider when deciding on a platform, like token selection, trading features, and trade execution speed but perhaps the most important is security. Bitrix stands above the competition as the most reliable trading platform and sets the standard for security and convenience in the crypto space. Its innovative solutions offer best-in-class asset protection without making compromises on trade, execution, or flexibility. As part of an industry that hinges on security and accountability, Bitrix is committed to protecting its customers in every part of their crypto trading journey. Bitrix respects its users' trust in the platform and rewards that trust with an ever-expanding list of features and functionalities designed to improve their experience. To learn more about our technology and why Bitrix is the superior choice for keeping your crypto secure, visit www.bitrix.com. Again, visit www.bitrix.com. That's B-I-T-T-R-E-X.com. I'm Adam White, and on today's episode, we're joined by Arizona Cardinals linebacker Devon Kennard. Not only has Kennard found success on the field, off of it, he has amassed a multi-million dollar real estate portfolio made up of 14 different properties. Now trying to balance life in a new city with a new house, just recently married, Kennard has his sights set on a legacy just as big off the field as he hopes it is on the field. Look, obviously you just turned 29. Um, what, you know, when you look at uh, your life up to this point, when you, when you started playing football and, and where you're at now, would you have ever expected where you are on the field uh, and off it to be where you're at at, at 29? Uh, I can't say in detail, like, it, like, you know, this was exactly what I had planned, but uh, ironically enough, as a, as a young kid, I just had a, I had a vision of what I wanted my life to look like, what I wanted to do. And, um, you know, like I've been blessed enough to make it come true. You know, I remember in the seventh grade, I got like student athlete of the week and, um, and I, I did an article and they asked me, you know, what do I want to do when I grow up? And I said, I wanted to go to the University of Southern California and I wanted to, uh, you know, get two degrees and play in the NFL and, and, uh, you know, well, those, those all came that, true. <laughs> those all came true. So you, Did you know, buy a lottery uh, ticket too, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I guess I should have, but you know, those are things like, um, just, just shows, you know, even at a young age, I had a vision for what I wanted my life to be. And, and I've kind of stayed on that track. Yeah, man. Well, talk us through the, the time at USC and, and how was that? And, and kind of just overall setting the foundation for, for, you know, life after college and then in going into the NFL with not only the football education you got there, but the, uh, the professional education as well. Uh, you know, I, I don't think I could tell the story without kind of coming back with, you know, from high school. Like for me, I was, um, I never liked the whole jock image, like, oh, you, you know, I'm a, I'm an athlete, so I must not be good in school. You know, I graduated, I got one B all high school. Um, I wanted to be, be different. And what was the class? Able, what, was, what was that B? Um, science. Oh. I, I hate science. <laughs> Till this day, it just doesn't make sense to me. But um, 
Yeah, it was a science. It might have been biology. I don't know. One of the science classes. Got it. But those are the classes I struggled in. But yeah, that was the only B I had in all high school. Um, all while you know I was blessed enough um, and played well enough in football. You know, I was an Army All-American, a top 10 college recruit. And my senior year, I essentially just needed to stay healthy. And, you know, I had, it was, you know, a surreal feeling. I had every top university coming to my school, the head coaches, um, you know, pulling me out of classes. And I just needed to stay healthy my senior year. And uh, third game of the year, I, uh, you know, I played some running back in high school too. And I was trying to steal the game and, um, took a crack, uh, a toss and, and the corner came and hit me right in my knee. Oh. It was kind of a, a little bit of a cheap shot and I tore my ACL. So, uh, you know, that was a devastating time for me, but it kind of, uh, you know, made me realize like, man, it was the first time in my life where like some real tough adversity hit and I'm going into college and I committed to USC and that's where I wanted to, to, um, you know, spend the next four years but you know I'm going to one of the best universities and going in with an injury so you know there was concerns there and it, you know it just kind of really made me realize all right I got to have something else I got to tether my identity to more than just football because uh you know football might not always be there so uh you know I get to USC and um that's coach Carroll was my coach and he, he sat in my living room and said he wasn't going to be leaving anytime soon. And after my freshman year, he left and uh, pretty much my entire college career football wise, I dealt with injuries and position changes. So I went in with the ACL and then I've had a hip surgery and then I had a, um, a shoulder surgery and I went from defensive end to outside linebacker to middle linebacker back to defensive end. Um, so it was a lot of, position changes, injuries, and just adversity. Um, and it humbled me, you know, being a top recruit coming out of high school. And and I did some things well while I was in college, but going into my redshirt senior year, I, you know, didn't do anything that was going to, like, really put me on the draft board. So, um, you know, it kind of shifted my, my mindset. It was like, man, um, a question I asked myself, I remember I was probably a sophomore in college, was I want to be – like what do, the, do I want my life to look like? And, and, you know, I had this picture of, you know, I wanted to be successful. I wanted to create generational wealth for my family. Um, you know, I wanted to do whatever I want, whenever I wanted and live comfortably, financial freedom, financial independence. And I was like, well, how bad do I want those things? And are those things only tethered to the game of football? Um, if they are, then I'll just focus on football. If it happens, great. If it doesn't, maybe I'll just get, you know, a regular job and I'll just live that life. But, you know, I made the decision. I wanted to be, I wanted that life with or without the game. And everything I did needed to to echo that essentially. So, um, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of like what my mindset was at that time. And that's why I graduated at USC in three years with my undergrad degree, started my master's and I was able to finish in a year and a half. So, um, you know, I'm one of the few players who can say they got, they got drafted the day they got drafted they were already had their undergrad and master's degree and and uh you know and no debt because it was all on scholarship so um you know that's kind of my college story in a nutshell i guess i'd say that's a uh, a win-win was there any bees in college uh yeah i had a i think my undergrad was a three three or three four and then my master's degree actually uh graduated with the three eight so oh, awesome. still, still so you got good, better right, right? you, you progressed yeah. that's all that matters yeah. right? well i think master master's degree i really liked it a lot so got i was it. like locked in but got it yeah 
the, the undergrad, I had to take like some GEs that just, well, once again, Tough. I had to take a science class. Oh, that's stuff what that I just, I didn't, I didn't, was not good at. So I struggled in a couple of classes in got Spanish. It. Oh, but <laughs> come on, you're born and raised in Arizona. I know I should be all the Spanish classes I've taken over the years. I, I should know. be fluent, but I'm, I was a great test taker, but I did not retain a lot of that information. Yeah, no, I, uh, <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. What was, uh, what was that? I know you t touched on the recruiting process a little bit. What was like the wildest part of that recruiting process? If you can kind of take us inside that, uh, and just being a top 10 recruit and having those people come to you and tell you all of the things that they told you, right? Like, I'm sure there was probably some interesting stories. You don't have to divulge yeah. you or, or what, but like, <laughs> what was some of the more memorable parts of that re recruiting process? Uh, I mean, there was one point, like I said, uh, like you mentioned, I won't necessarily name the, the college or the coach, but there's, a, you know, one funny story. I had a coach, you know, pull me into a meeting and he essentially, sorry, that's my daughter kind of screaming in the background. No, it's okay. She, uh, she, she wants but, to hear the story too. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, what I was saying is there's a college who, who like, you know, I, I built a pretty decent relationship with throughout the co uh, recruiting process. And I remember the day I, I told him I, was, I wasn't going to go to that college and I was going to go to USC. He kind of uh, broke down and, and cried on me. And uh, that, wow. that was interesting. <laughs> that, was, that was interesting, you know, being a high school kid and seeing a grown man cry because I didn't want to play for him. Um, that but, is crazy. Uh and, you know, another thing, I think something that was really cool in my college experience was, it, for you know, for me and just a lot of my teammates and friends was, like, the coaches that came through. Like, I remember Charlie Weiss was at Notre Dame at the time. And for me, I was a huge USC fan. That's why I ended up going there, watching Reggie Bush and all those kind of guys. And, and um, so to be able to, to, like, see Coach Carroll, and he's the one knocking on my classroom door and asking if I could come out and – sitting there having a conversation with them or he's sitting in my living room and, you know, um, Les Miles and Urban Meyer, just, you know, these icons in, in college football and, and wow, they're, they're coming to my school to see me. So that, that was a pretty surreal uh, feeling at the time. Yeah, that's a, that's amazing. And it's a, a story most, uh, most people, most people don't have. And, and look, we talked about college, uh, you know, going into the NFL and, I think you uh, you were drafted what in the fifth round, right? If I if I remember correctly, correct? Yes, I was drafted in the fifth round. Yeah, I mean, look, obviously you were highly touted out of high school, drafted in the fifth round of the NFL. Um, what was it? What was like the transition from uh, from college uh, to the NFL, and then you know, as you started to not only get your feet under you from a playing standpoint in the college, but also uh, from a business standpoint and an off the field standpoint as you uh, as you started to progress. Yeah, so when I was when I was um, in college, I started on the business side. I started trying to think about like what I wanted to do, and I was big on networking, um, you know. So I went to every like booster events or any any alumni association, anything where I can meet some you know older people that are successful, and I'm getting business cards. And you know, a tip I want to kind of leave on the show is. Uh, you know, for young people, really, it, it can apply to anybody. But when you meet people and get business cards, um, you know, write. In a, most people have iPhones nowadays. Writing your contact list, you know, something memorable about them. So, you know, one thing I'll do is like I meet a guy. He says his son's a huge um, hockey fan, a LA Kings fan, because I went to uh, school at USC. So, you know, LA Kings hockey fan. Well, I might put that in my notes, and then in my 
in my calendar, I'll have a reminder like a month later, hit up so-and-so. And when I go to hit him up, I'll, I'll go to his contacts and remember that, that tip and I'll mention something about his son. And that kind of differentiates you from everyone else. So I started doing those things in college to build relationships, build the network and figure out ways that I could be successful outside of the game of football. And one thing, I remember one mentor um, kind of took me under his wing. He was a police officer and his wife was um, a school teacher. And they created, you know, a, a really, like an empire for themselves, essentially, where they own tons of proper, uh, properties. They have their own property management company in LA. And it just amazed me that they did it off of a school teacher and, and police officer salary. So I remember telling myself, like, if they can do it, I can do it. And that was kind of like, that was the first visual um, person that was like, okay, like maybe this is a blueprint that I can, I can kind of use to, to build wealth for myself and my family as well. So I get into the NFL and drafted in the fifth round, you know, a lot of scrutiny. I was fifth rounder. Some people thought I would, wouldn't make the team. Uh, you know, it's kind of up in the air when you're drafted in the fifth round. And, um, but, you know, I ended up playing very well right away and I started my whole rookie season, had success and, uh, you know, it just kind of went from there. Awesome. I love it. Uh, so, you know, just signed on to, or just signed with the Cardinals back home, you know, starting to, to build, I mean, you know, just turned 29, starting to probably build into what is the, the next stage in your life, right? Not, not in a bad way, but it's just as you as you evolve, what is, what is it like as you kind of then transition from the first year in the NFL, the rookie season to, you know, more of a veteran to, to where you are now? How is, how is maybe your perspective changed and really how is over, you know, kind of the conversation in the locker rooms changed, right? A lot of things have changed over the last, you know, three to five years of, of being a, an athlete and what it means to be an athlete and athletes who are finding success off the field. Uh, was that very similar when you first walked into the NFL as a, as a rookie or has that changed uh, quite a bit as you've, uh, as you've grown the last few years? There was some, but I feel like it's increasing rapidly. And I also, um, some of it is due. I think like there's more players getting like salary cap is going up and you're seeing more guys reach financial freedom sooner. And that's why, you know, I've, I've even noticed that you see some guys retiring earlier than you think they would and, and things like that. You know, if some um, back in the day, it took my dad played in the NFL as well. It took a guy a long time to, you know, make a good enough amount of money. But nowadays, you know, a guy could play six, six, seven, you know, years and, and feel like if they're smart, they're going to be financially, you know, stable um, and financially free. So, um, and uh, even if they do play longer, it's giving them more money and more resources to they can start thinking about other things that they're interested in. So I think it's I've seen that progress a lot more since I've been in the league. Um, and there's a lot more guys doing it, um, which is great. That's awesome. And talk me through this uh, this book club that you have going on, right? Uh, I think it's on Instagram. Mm -hmm. You guys are yeah. reading. Last thing I saw is uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad. What's uh, what's that been like? Uh, just you know. Talk me through the uh, the book club and what you have going on there. Yeah, um, I'm big on reading and education and, and personal growth. So uh, it was actually, you know, a few years ago when I was still playing for the New York Giants is when I started the Reading with DK, you know, book challenge. And I would pick a couple of books and, and ask for everyone on my social media accounts to participate, read the books. I would post some questions and, you know, pick some winners and just have open dialogue about certain books. And 
um, you know, when I when I did it for the first time, I actually was was in the New York Times for it and, and got some love uh, while I was in New York. So that was pretty cool. And I just kept it up over the years because I think it's it's different coming from an athlete. You know, you're at school and people tell you to to read or or uh, reading is cool. But you know, you get older and and are like even I think kids now you know they don't necessarily read in their free time they're playing video games or they're out doing other things so to kind of come from an athlete who's like hey you know I'm I'm at the top of my game I'm playing in the NFL but one of my main hobbies is reading books and I like personal growth and learning and and uh you know diving into a story whatever it may be um I think it's cool it's good for kids and really even adults to see that and to be like hey like it's all right to pick up a book every now and then I love that. What's uh what's your favorite book? What's uh what's the go-to? Whew, um that's tough. I've read a lot of a lot of books. Um The Alchemist is always a classic for me. Um when it comes to finance and stuff, I think Rich Dad Poor Dad is a staple that everybody should read. Um I'm I'm really I feel like I gravitate towards personal growth books and then books about finance because those are like strong interests of mine so I have a lot of books with those backgrounds the four agreements is another great one um how to win win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie um yeah I could kind of go on and on I like I said I, I read a lot of books <laughs> that's uh that's awesome and more of a fun question here but uh what was more satisfying or what left you with like a more feeling of like dang i i made this selling your first real estate property or your first nfl sack Ooh, um i would say i would still have to say my first nfl sack but they they're both special for me for different reasons but getting your first NFL sack, that's something I've dreamed about since I was a kid. So there's nothing like that. And I'll always remember that. Who did you, uh, who is the, who did you sack? Who was the first NFL sack? Um, it was my rookie year. And I actually, I, I had like two games back to back with sacks and I can't remember which one came first. Um, I want to say my first sack was against, Bortles when he was playing for the Jaguars but if I'm wrong then it was Mettenberger when he was with the Titans I remember like my rookie year those are the two guys I got like a few sacks on I just can't remember which one came first got it got it no I I, I love that then what was the first piece of property you sold uh, I had a property with actually a former teammate of mine at USC and we bought we bought a property in Indianapolis and rented it out for four years and actually just sold it this uh this offseason and you know, got a hundred percent return and really more than that. Cause that's not even including the dividends we received from rent on a monthly basis. So, uh, you know, it felt pretty good to, to, you know, see a property that I bought come to full cycle, you know, buy it, rent it out, hold it, sell it. And to do that, go through that whole process successfully, uh, was pretty cool. Even though, you know, it was a smaller property and a smaller investment for us. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's awesome, man. Uh, really, really cool to, to hear and, and congrats for that. Thank you. Thank but, you. you know, what, uh, what, obviously you had your dad who was, you know, the NFL player. You probably had a couple other players that you look to. You're like, I want to be that guy. Uh, when it comes to the business side or off the field, who is like that Mount Rushmore of, of your business idols or those people you look to in real estate or finance or investing where you're like, I want to be like that guy or that girl. 
uh, it's hard to say one person. I I actually take a lot from a lot of different people. Um, names that come to my mind are um, Magic Johnson, LeBron James and what he's doing, um, Grant Cardone. Um, I'm a big fan of Tony Robbins. I'm a big fan of Kevin Hart and what he's he's built. Um, I'm a big fan of The Rock and and the success he's had in, in business and obviously in his profession. Um, so I, yeah, I feel like I've kind of taken a lot from a lot of different people. Uh, you know, what I think is unique and, and a message that I really try to get across to people is like, for me, there's, there's some superstars like, all right, let's say Magic Johnson, for instance, he played in the NBA for a long time, made a ridiculous amount of money and like connections and all that. And a lot of times in the sport world, they think it, it has to take, it can only be those guys, you know, um, can only be the Tom Brady's, the, the um, LeBron James. But, you know, I, I'm in my seventh year. I've had a, quite a bit of success in the NFL, but I'm not necessarily a household name like that. But I want to do it for those kind of guys, like not only in professional sports, but in life to where like people who are pl- plugging away and doing really good work, but not might not be a superstar, superstar in their, you know, profession can still build ridiculous, you know, empires and create generational wealth for their families and do some remarkable things. And, uh, you know, I want to be kind of a trailblazer, so to speak, in and kind of be an example of someone who could do that. No, I'm sure you're well on your way. What have the what's the conversations been like for for younger guys who've seen you grow up and have, have seen or interacted with you? Have they come to you and said, "Hey, Devon, how do I invest?" You know, what are you teaching real estate classes uh, during the week when you guys aren't playing? Like, what what has that relationship been like for some of the younger guys or even the veterans? You know, I'm pretty open, so I have conversations with whoever wants to. You know what I mean? Um, I think the conversations are getting more open for me now because before I was doing it, but I was still learning and I didn't know if I was doing it right or not. So I, I felt, you know, I didn't want to feel that, like, I didn't want to talk about it a ton because I didn't really know exactly what I was doing yet. But, you know, I've been doing this since 2015 now, going on, you know, going on five or six years and I feel comfortable with what I've done, with what I'm building, with where I want to take it. And, and those conversations, you know, even, even uh, the next week or two, I have, I have a call set up with a couple of former teammates of mine and, and I spoke to the USC football team and some of the guys at USC, some of the players there now have reached out to me and want to talk and, and uh, you know, ask for some advice. So um, I, you know, I'm, I think as much as I can do that, I'm going to, and, and be very real, you know, share what I do know. And if there's things I don't know, you know, like this, that's what I'm still figuring out, or this, this is what I've learned so far. So I think those conversations are huge. Yeah, absolutely. You know, rising tide lifts all boats, really. Um, Absolutely. So, you know, you, you talked about financial freedom and guys getting to financial freedom sooner rather than later. What does financial freedom look like for you or kind of what do you have your eyes set on? Is it, you know, owning 50 properties and knowing that you have dividends coming from each of them every month? What is what is financial freedom for, for you and your and your family look like and kind of how you how are you road mapping to that? Oh, uh, you know, like without getting to actual dollar amount, but in my head, there's a dollar amount I want to get to eventually. And. Um, not that I will stop there, but that's like a huge benchmark. And I have a couple of other benchmarks along the way, but I have a big one that I, that I, you know, want to achieve eventually. 
um, but not for setting limits on myself, you know, and there's not necessarily a number of properties because it, it can fluctuate. Like, you know, I have 15 properties, I sold one, now I don't have 15. So that can, that can fluctuate, but there, there's a cash flow number that I want to bring in monthly and what I want to make a year. And, um, you know, I want to slowly work up to that year after year. And, and um, you know, financial freedom to me is putting my family in position to where our, when I'm done playing, our lifestyle doesn't have to change at all. And not only can our lifestyle not change, but we're also bringing in enough money um, to where we can keep investing. So, um, you know, I think that would be awesome. So, all right, this, this takes care of our standard living and we travel and do whatever we want to do and live in the home we want to live in, drive the cars we want to drive. And then on top of that, we have excess money that is getting reinvested on it on, you know, a yearly basis. So that's, that's freedom to me. Awesome. No, I love it. Obviously there's been a, been a lot going on in the world too. And just, but from coronavirus to, you know, some of this social unrest, how, how is it? How has it been for you? How have uh, how have you kind of approached it? How is how has this off season been? Right, like uh, obviously we're talking about a lot of the good things, but has there, has there been some tough times recently, like many others, uh, right, where it's uh, it just seems a, a little bit daunting uh, day in and day out. But uh, how how has it been trying to to get through all this, thinking about football, thinking about your family, uh, just thinking about everything in, in general? Yeah, it's it's been hard uh, to juggle. You know, all the social. Uh, social injustices going on against you know black people in America and and dealing with that and seeing it on TV every day and it, it's heavy but I'm glad it's conversations that need to happen and I'm glad that it's being addressed and I hope that you know our generation and and generations moving forward can start to move the needle and and uh, you know the systemic racism that's plagued our country for you know generations now we can start to move move forward and and. Um, you know, make this place a better and more equal place for all. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I always say it's uh, the people, it's like the, the old, uh, I think it's the old saying, it's like, it's always darkest before the dawn. I feel like, I feel like that's where we're at, right? I feel like some days like that's yeah. where we're at is that there's just, there needed to be some sort of, some sort of real, uh, real change and, and real change agent. And whether that was the coronavirus or just some of the other things that have happened, uh, as part of the last 60 to 90 days, like hopefully by the time we come out of this, whether it's next month, three months, six months, by the end of 2020, the we, we're, we come out of a, a society that's better um, across the board. Right. Uh, so yeah. at the end of the day, that's, that's kind of what, uh, that's kind of what I'm looking for and hopefully is, is what happens. But, you know, as, as we sit down and, and talk about this and we've talked about a little bit of your career, your, you know, what you did in high school and, you know, going forward and what do you, what do you think about when you, when you sit down and if you've thought about this, right. But like, what do you want to be remembered as like Devon Kennard, the linebacker, Devon Kennard, the real estate mogul, the businessman, the dad, a mix of everything. Like what is it, what do you want that legacy to be? You know, I, I, I I'm known for is what I do what I did on the football field then I don't think I did myself justice you know I, um, I'm a firm believer that football is what I do but it's not who I am and I want to leave a legacy for my family beyond just the game of football and and it starts with being a, a husband and a father and a friend and you know obviously a football player a businessman a real estate investor all those things and I'm a big person a uh, big believer who 
that everything affects each other. So, you know, some people, and I tell this to, to kids all the time, is like uh, a lot of time kids, they focus on football and they'll go all out on football, but they won't do their homework. They won't do chores at home. They're, you know, a jerk to their younger sister. And I'm like, you know, if, you, if that's how you're living your life, you got it all, you got it all wrong. You know, being a, being a, a better businessman, being a better father, being a better uh, friend, all those things help and contribute in different ways to me being a better football player. And when you start to look at life holistically like that, I think you put yourself in, in a position to, to be a better person, to achieve more, to have a better impact and to be better in all that you do. You talk about being holistic or having a, a holistic lifestyle. What uh, what's one piece of advice or one piece of knowledge that you learned in the business world that you're that you've applied to football and then vice versa? What's one piece of advice or knowledge that you gained from football that you've applied to the business world? Uh, immediately, the one thing from football that I've gained that I think is going to carry me in in uh, business is work ethic and responding to adversity um you know being a football player and playing sports pretty much my whole life uh you know i pride myself on, on working hard and putting in the work and you know not doing things just when when i feel like it but you got to do them when you don't feel like it and you know all those things so transferring that into the business world i think is going to help me be successful and then from the business world into uh you know football is learning how to take calculated risk and it's not really a risk if you if you know what your risks are and you're hedging your bets. Um, but, you know, when in the business world, if you educate yourself and you do the underwriting and you and you're conservative in the numbers that you put together and you and you do those type of things. Right. Then, yes, there's always some risk, but you've mediated your risk greatly. And it's no different in football. You know, if I'm studying and I'm I'm putting the time in and um and cert and they come out and it's third third and long and they're in this certain formation and I know they like to throw a screen out of this formation well all right I'm gonna play for the screen and I'm hedging my bets maybe it's not a screen and I'll have to adjust and react on the fly but if it is I'm, I'm ready and I'm gonna be able to make a huge impactful play in that game so um, you know kind of transferring that into the football world is, is something that I've learned in the last few years I think it's made me a better player awesome What's it like uh, the the relationship with with your dad when it comes to him playing football and you playing football? Is it uh, a professional football? Has it been pretty fun to to go back and forth there and you know talk about oh you did this wrong or oh I did this better? You know what's what's that been like? I think the biggest thing for us is he played offensive line and I play you know D end or outside linebacker, so it's been really cool. So you still uh, go up against each like other in the backyard, right? Well, I mean, we haven't, but we always joke around of him and his prime versus me and my prime, who would win type conversations. And love uh, it. And those and those are always fun to have. That's awesome. So, so who would win? In in I mean, it, I, he 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 always says him, and I always say me. So I guess we'll never find out. That's it. Uh, so, man, look, what's uh, what's next for you then? You know, going forward here, obviously you got. A lot going on with real estate, the the new deal, the the move to the Cardinals. I think you just got married recently too, right? If if your Instagram serves yep. me correctly, yeah, um, newly married, ha newly married. You have a beautiful baby girl as well. Busy man. So uh, what's next, or or what else are are you looking at? Uh, you know, for right now, I just purchased our first home, and we're 
renovating that and, you know, got to get comfortable and, and, you know, set our home base. Um, so, you know, doing that and then, um, man, I want to, like, I, I feel like I'm in the prime of my football career. So I want to go out and, and, you know, have my best season yet this coming season, whenever it starts with this COVID stuff. And, and I think the next, you know, two to three years will be, some, uh, I'll be playing some of my best football. And I'm, I'm also going to be in a position where, you know, I'm, I'm finally married. We got, we bought our house. I have, you know, all my investments in place, but now there's no more big, big things I need to worry about. And all, all my concentration is going to, going to be towards uh, creating cash flow for, for myself and my family and start to create and, and get to the point where, uh, you know, we're reaching the goals that we want to reach. We're well on our way, but, um, you know, I think in the next, in the next two or three years, uh, I think we're going to make huge, huge progress there. And that's kind of my focus on the business side um, and going to go from there. Thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Please remember to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. If you do, make sure to take a screenshot of the rating slash review and share it on social media to get some front office sports swag. We'll see you next time.